Welcome to Nightline, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spooky. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelop you. If you like that one extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a what? K. In concluding things with our Change of Plans month, also known as A24 month. Let's get it. Hell yeah. We put two films head-to-head for our patrons over on patreon.com slash nightlightpod. Our ghouls, if you will, to go ahead and vote for. These two films being Enemy versus Under the Skin. Mm. And the film that won is none other than coming up after I give a shout out to those patrons who gave us that movie to go ahead and talk about tonight. Allison, also known as our community manager, also known as Stormy Knight, James, Kate, Kayla, Philip, Zachary, Nashia, Frank, Kristen, Lizzie. Josh, Vaughn, Johnny, Layla, Eric, Kelly, Daniel, C, also known as T with Night. That's there the name. it is. There that is a stormy night, and there's a T with Night. There is a T with Night. Um, C also shouts out to her. That is our marketing manager. Gotta love her. David, also known as Nightly. I saw him, I saw him recently. Did you? I gave him a big hug. He gave me a hug. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, get there. off me, man. He's like a fucking wet noodle. Like, <laughs> he's like, no hugs from me. No, <laughs> yeah. Freddy guy. Cooties. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Miss him. I'm glad he's doing well. That's that's great. That's good to hear. Carrie, Brandon, Anna, Drew, also known as the Silent Knight, Patrick, uh, Willow, Jessica, Chantal, Rio, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, and last but certainly not least, Freddie. Thank you all so, so, so much for just supporting us and allowing us to do this. This is a lot of fun, and I'm hoping that everyone's having a lot of fun listening to us talk some shit about films. Well, I mean, we don't really talk shit about films. We like films a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we talk talking good about, shit film. about films. There you go. Good that shit. Good shit. All that good shit. Well, the film that they did choose was none other than Under the Skin. First and foremost, Freddie, thoughts? Well, first off, I just have to say this has been a hell of a month. I love this month Truly. so much. I'm an A24 fanatic. Uh, I know there's probably a big fan group out there already that say that, but I love what they do. I love the type of stories that they tell. Um, and I'm really happy people picked Under the Skin because this is a movie I saw when it kind of first came out, and I never thought anything of it. I was like, oh, it's just a very slow burn. It's a weird movie. It's shot really nice. But I didn't really care too much about it. This second time watch, I care a lot about this movie a lot more. It's really cool. I think if someone were to ask me, hey, what is a really good experimental film? I would probably say Under the Skin. Uh, And it's kind of funny because it was going against Enemy, which I would also say the same thing for that movie as well. Great picks for them to go head to head on. Yeah. Um, And either way, the discussion is going to be really cool to break down. But yeah, Under the Skin is one of those movies I think you appreciate more the second time mm-hmm. because you know what it is. 
a lot better at least because yeah. there's still probably a lot of stuff that you still have to decipher and kind of break down yourself and really have what this me- this movie's really trying to say. Yeah. And I that's mean, a big thing when the director makes a movie. It's like he's trying to pass on some type of message. Right. And seeing Scarlett Johansson in this role compared to her other roles is a completely fish out of water type of experience, which in some way she is here in this movie as well. Yeah. And it's great that they were able to get such a great casting for this movie too. Yeah, that was like, she does a really great job. That was like a necessity. Um, yeah. So I remember, well, I don't remember, but Jonathan Glazer, that was like his main thing was just like he didn't, at first he didn't want a well-known actress, but like the studio that he was filming, which is yeah. like, no, we need someone. We need at least one person. Um, it didn't help much for box office stuff, but they were like, we need one person at least. Yeah. Um, and that one person was none other than Scarlett Joe. And she so, kills it. There you go. And I love that this movie doesn't have that much dialogue, but it has so much to say. Uh, a little bit about society, about people, and how we interact with each other. And kind of identifying who you are as a person and what that really means to live in this world and all of these great themes that really come to show. And there's a lot of crazy characters in this movie as well. And there's a lot of like disturbing scenes that are very slow and provocative as well. Um, the movie just is it. It's weird because I don't want to say it, but from the title, like it kind of gets under your skin a little bit. And it really digs deep and bringing you on this uh, journey with this character who goes place to place, essentially hunting men to like take their skin and give it to other people like her. And the nice thing about this movie, it doesn't spoon feed you anything. Mm-mm. There's not a lot of um, plot that's given to the audience uh, right off the bat we kind of learn along as we go like every time she gets someone we kind of see the process of what that looks like even more uh each time and we kind of see how everything works and it's kind of like its own weird organism or like weird corporation of like there's a way to do things and an order to do things and there's Mm -hmm. people who have different roles and their responsibilities to those roles and kind of have this really crazy way of how they do things and it's kind of scary and haunting and lack of personality gives the movie personality at the same time and an incredible score oh, and the score is beautiful the score is something the that carries the movie and carries the mood carries oh, yeah. the what's happening on screen without it, the it, dialogue yeah it tells you like how you should it, feel it, yeah, how about you should feel scene. exactly like um, it, it definitely sound design pushes wild. you to know how to feel and I love these great POV shots. I love the just the regular just driving around. Um, there's there's a lot of moments in this movie where like just the camera work is just beautiful and gorgeous to look at. And you see a lot of landscape. You see a lot of like Earth, and you see a lot about our planet. And you see uh, just people interacting with each other. And she kind of observes that, and we're observing it as well. And just kind of learning more about humans as she goes along in her journey. And it kind of identifies who we are as people and how we interact with each other and what we kind of strive for. And then kind of like what she wants to try out later on in the third act as well, where she kind of even like tries the chocolate cake, tries a little bit more of like, hey, Trust what if I went human? All- yeah. What if I do go all the way with someone? How would that feel like? Oh, I don't have that body yeah, part. I, so have, I can't I do that. Um, and there's like a sense of embarrassment sometimes too. And she's still trying to find herself in the world. And there's this cool little blend of like the trees and her like sleeping and her really connecting with earth at some points. Um, no, this is a beautiful film. And I feel like a lot of people can get out of 
in this film something personal out of it. Um, but no, I think this time around I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard rewatch, I would say. It's not Why something so? you can go back to because it's not entertaining, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's fun and it's cool to look at and it's great to experience. But I see it more of like, hey, I see it as like a museum art piece. Sure. Like, I'm glad I saw it. I'd be down to go see it again. But like, once I saw it, I was like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. You don't need to, you don't need to go to that. The amount of again. appreciation is there. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, this is a very interesting movie. Yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. But for those who connect with it, they'll connect with it in a very personal way, I think. Sure, yeah. Um, There's a lot of humanity in this non-human character, to sure. be honest, or story in you general. Know, last week I said that a good pairing with this movie would be Fried Berry, and I still stand by mm. that. However, I, upon rewatching it, because this, this was my second time watching it as well, upon rewatching it, I feel like this is actually a better pairing for... More of these lo-fi horror films that we've been getting, these more ambient horror films that we've been getting, like Skinamarink and The Outwaters and stuff like that. Um, mainly because that's what this is. Like, this is probably A24's most experimental movie that oh, yeah. they have on their roster. Um, be based off of what we've seen in this film, because like you can go into this film and watch this film entirely, and I can one hundred percent, if someone is just like. I didn't get it. I would be like, okay, I get that. Why you didn't get it. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I wouldn't fault them for like, it's, Oh, it's this, this, and this because it's funny it's just, because it's there's out of a that. whole story in here, but you have to pay attention. You really you have really to pay attention to it. Take it out of like, yeah, the big thing is very, and that's why I say, I think it's better on the second time watch. Because I agree. It's so jarring the first time that you're like, you feel like you're yeah. like, what is this movie? What, where are we going with this? Sure. Where like the second time's like, all right, you're paying attention to what is actually happening. Yeah. Even though it's like it's still weird and right. crazy, but at the same time, it's like cool. You're actually seeing the progression of her trying to trying to trying understand to humans, yeah, and then how that kind of falls apart a little bit. But yeah, yeah. I mean, she she's literally going into a, a focal point of trying to understand humanity and trying to even consider herself as like, can I be a part of this? Can I simulate myself into being an actual human? You know, because she had this one purpose when she first came here, whatever purpose was, I don't know, um, just to retail for skins, I guess. But like it was she would sink these men and they right. would like, you know, ex- disintegrate like from the inside. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like it was just like, what what is the goal for those men besides that? Like, what, is, what does it feed a machine? Like, who knows? Whatever. Um but that's not the story it's trying to tell. It's not trying to tell that story. Right. Um, that's just, that was its main her mission. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that was what she was, was sent her here role. for. And she was trying to simulate to see, like, like, oh, maybe I can actually have a human connection because this is the first person that I haven't had to try to seduce or right. whatever. Um, which, fun fact, um, I already started them kind of early. Uh, most of the men that were in the vans were actually not actors and they didn't know they were a part of the movie until afterwards. I think I knew that too. This <laughs> has a very documentary type of feel yeah. to it. And it's mostly when she's driving and you yep. can feel like the cameras are a little bit more, not low quality, but 
not as crisp. Exactly. And a little bit more, yeah. Yeah, because like they're Raw. grainier yeah. and things like that. Um, yeah, so. You can sense, yeah, and it, it still looks great. Sure. And I yeah. love the camera angles that they were able to choose, and especially while, and that's why like I really appreciate like the driving sequences and the score and stuff like that. It kind of reminds me of the movie Drive, where he doesn't even talk too much, and he's also known as just the driver. And it's kind of the funny word, like the main it, protagonist doesn't really have a real oh, name right for the most part yeah um but yeah no i think i heard about that too and i was like that's a great concept because yeah a little, little shady but uh right it, it well is i'm a, sure they got their approval and they told Afterwards. everyone they had to of yeah course. There, were, there were some that definitely denied being a part of the movie right. for sure there's like, like oh you got fuck? you caught no. me being seduced like, that's weird how dare you yeah, yeah. like I, I think it was i heard a story of like one guy was married and he got seduced to go into the car. And when they said that it was actually for a movie, he's like, ah, no, Absolutely I know. I, I, I just definitely probably got caught cheating. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I do not want to be a part of this movie. Um, so yeah, because I mean, after all of that, like they have to also sign consent, obviously to be naked right after all of that. So it's just in which I don't, know how real it was like i don't know if it was really their parts being naked or not but whatever um but hey anyway you ready to jump into this let's do it let's jump into this under the skin directed by jonathan glazer released april 4th 2014 with a runtime of one hour and 49 minutes and a whopping budget of 13.3 million dollars actually a pretty big budget for an indie film yeah i would say for any film like that's a pretty large budget (laughs) i definitely would say that's that's kind of out of the more independent (laughs) sector for sure uh but a box office of 7.2 million dollars with a rating of 84 percent on rotten tomatoes um and it's funny because i was like even saying i really like how generic the opening credits are yeah it's just very just like to the point you know, yeah. very generic, very to the point. But we open to a faraway light zooming closer and closer until it is brightly displayed on the on the screen while the score frantically plays. A mechanism encloses on the light as a woman woman's voice is practicing her phonics. The white um, uh, mechanism cl- uh, closes on top a blank surface almost being stalled. The woman's voice starts saying real words, but it still feels robotic. The orb turns into an eye. Title card. And I assume this is her, like, coming here? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's interesting it, because we never really we see never her get really, into her skin. Right. She just appears into it, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe they, this is her well, we simulating into we her, her skin right now. the other skin. Right. Because, like, the other skin she's saying her goodbyes to, I guess, which is what we see her, like, all crying and shit. But I don't know. It's very interesting. But a motorcycle speeds down a lonely, long stretch of of road. This dude was a very dangerous driver. <laughs> yeah, but it's so cool. It is The cool. sound design is really cool. And you see him flying, and like, this guy's trouble. This dude is a fucking devil on two wheels. <laughs> um, he also is not a real actor. He is a professional motorcyclist. Yeah, you um, can tell. Oh, yeah. He knows how to do his. But I like that they did that instead of hiring, like, a professional actor and then 
hiring. Yeah, because his character is his role and doing the role well. It was exactly. It so was that, perfect. Like he fit the purpose of this movie. It was perfect, and he yeah. got his little perfect his casting. little friends to do that really cool like four way ride right, scene. Right, that was yeah, fun. Yeah. Went nowhere with that, but that was fun. You thought they were going to be up to no good, but well, they were searching for. Well, her. they were looking for yeah, her, yeah, of course. Yeah. But like, it's still. But yeah, it was a great scene too. I, I love that. It's like it was cool. Right, it was like Fast and Furious. They feel so, and that's because they're so cold and distant and not like Always having any type of personality or <laughs> they seem very robotic, but they're so efficient at what they do. Yeah. They're just like, all right, she's gone. All right, let's get in our helmets. Go. Boom. Yeah. No We're conversation. They're just rocking and rolling. You guys know what to do. They go to their separate ways. They go fast. There's one scene I love where he kind of like sees the other guy who escapes. Uh, and we'll talk about that scene, but he like just gets off his motorcycle. Oh yeah, just takes care of business. Window. Yeah, and it's so just clean and awesome to look at. And it's a one continuous shot. Yeah, that's what always wins me over. Um, but yeah, no, great character. Eventually meeting with traffic as the biker zooms past the cars and vans, they pull up on the sidewalk, taking off their helmet and gloves before walking into the darkness down a, down a hill. The man comes back with an, with an unconscious woman thrown over his shoulder. He carries her back to a van that was already parked there, opening up uh, the back of the trunk. The woman's body is lying on a white backdrop as our lead, Laura, a.k.a. the female, is uh, silently taking off her clothes. That's another thing I would also like to mention – no one technically has a real name mm-hmm. in this movie. Her name is only Laura because that's the skin she's wearing. But right. the only person who has a name is one person who says his name. I think his name was like Aaron or something like that. But he's only seen just like once or twice. But yeah. But I think this woman that he's picking up here is maybe the old skin? I don't Because it's not, it's not Scarlet Jojo. No, it's not. It's definitely She's just there else. for the clothes. And that's yeah, it. right. And that's why I'm just like, maybe it's just here to pick up the clothes. But like, she's definitely like all weak. <laughs> she's she's awake, though. She's not unconscious. I thought she was unconscious, but she's awake. She's just like all numbed, which is even scarier. Yeah, stunned, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Once she's done, she puts on the woman's clothes, buckling the shoes before standing over the woman who's staring up at her, a single tear falling from her face. Laura kneels beside her, reaching out to the woman's side, picking an ant off of her body. She inspects the insect, crawling on her fingers. Hmm. What is this life? It's interesting. So this is interesting, obviously, her getting dressed and whatnot is already telling a very important story here is that it's like she's getting ready for work. Yeah. Right? Because immediately, as soon as she's done doing this, she immediately leaves. Goes into and the van and her going. Gets ready. Yeah. She just starts searching. So it's just like, it felt like this it was is what her the, like, putting on her work clothes. Coldness, non-personality feels like, like they're just efficiently just going from all right, this is my job. I have my role. I have to start doing it now. It's very robotic. Yeah, but what I also enjoy about this too is her looking down at the body and when she starts starts crying, yeah, she gets like a little curious about it where she's just like, like, huh, they both have this stillness to them because one, I mean, she she can't fucking move, but they both have this stillness yet the woman who cannot emote on the ground is still able to feel emotion. Right. And I think that made her curious. And with the ant crawling on her and her picking up the ant and things like that, it's just life upon life upon life. 
Right. Um, but in the sky, the alien craft separates into the clouds, which I assume is just like parking. <laughs> because this, it, I like how this kind of works because I assume she takes them to the ship. I assume, unless she takes them underground. I don't know. It's, so it's hard to tell. I feel tell. like they have bases in Earth because it seems like, for whatever reason, I thought this was inside the van, but I, I feel like this is another location. I feel like it's in the ship. You think so? Yeah. I think that was her coming in because we got her coming down the stairs. So they uh, took the body up there? Yeah. That's what I think. I think they, they beamed her up, probed her, fucking stole her clothes, and it's like deuces. And I think she just came down. I think I think that was literally her entering Earth for the first time. Yeah. And just her prepping up for her job and getting ready for work, pretty much. But I can see that. Because yeah. even like the like the black rooms... I feel like that was inside the house that she. Like it was inside it the was house. Inside the house, yeah. So it's like, it's like, can you guys multidimensional like beings have these big spaces and these little crevices type of like thing? Like we don't know how powerful they are, or what they're capable yeah. of, but well, it's, it's interesting very too, interesting to see. It's like we have this in the sky, which is white, right. a white background, and then we have the one that it's technically upstairs because we see her walking downstairs right. eventually, but it's inside, it's on the ground. Right. Um, not in the sky. <laughs> and that one's black, which I I change I turn uh change the terminology to that place as the abyss. That's what the I abyss. It. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely that's pretty the much abyss. what it is, dude. Absolutely. I would not want to go there. Yeah. Laura quickly walks down the stairs of a rundown building. The motorcyclist gets his bike out of the back of the van and drives off. Laura starts the van and also leaves, going their separate ways. Excuse me. She goes to a bustling mall, walking through the crowds, eventually going inside multiple stores to buy clothes and makeup. Many other women are getting their makeup done by artists in the shop, and we'd have a quick cut to Laura inside of her car, putting on lipstick before driving through the town, surveying all different kinds of men that are walking on the street. Young men, middle-aged men, and older men, all alike, she is trying to navigate her van through the traffic of people that are chattering with, with one another. She makes it out of it and continues down the road, finding a man of interest. She pulls Pulls up next to him, honking her horn at him to gather his attention. Laura rolls down her window for the for the pickup man, um, which was like a bunch of them. Like there was like a million of them that were just called pickup man, <laughs> um, asking for the directions to the M eight. He points and tries to tell her the direction to go uh, to go before stopping because it'll be too hard to explain. Wondering if she knows where Asta, Asta is. So this is a real person. This is not an yeah. actor. Um, the camera is a hidden camera that is on. It's two hidden cameras that are pointed in both directions. These people are not mic'd up, which is why their voice is a little bit more trailed. Um, some of them knew it was Scarlett Johansson um, based off of her picture here. Obviously, yeah. Um, but uh, some of them knew it was her. Not everyone. Obviously, like this gentleman did not know that this was Scarlett Johansson. Um, but there are some who did know, and they did not allow them to be a part of the film. The folks who knew. <laughs> the folks who knew it was her, they did not allow them to be a part of the film. Now it's like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> but what a story to fucking tell. Like, oh, Scarlett yeah. Johansson flirted up with on me, me and, like, yeah, <laughs> and tried to lure me into her van. <laughs> what a story. Um... She shakes her head and tells him no. He tries to explain a different way, giving her a long list of confusing instructions. Once he does, uh, do, 
once he's done explaining the directions, he's about to start walking again. She smiles, asking if she's keeping him from something. He returns the smile, uh, claiming that she isn't. She questions where he is going. He explains that he's going to meet someone. She allows him to leave, not taking her eyes off, off of him, but her smile disappears. Laura continues driving, finding another man who's walking. She stops the car, about to undo her seatbelt, but decides against it, waiting for an ambulance to pass by... Uh, um, by so she can continue she continues her streak of asking random men for directions and carrying on with the tangent conversations asking uh this particular man where he's originally from he shares that he's from albania she asks if he uh, has relatives in the uk he confirms that he does she's over the conversation her smile fading as she puts on back on her seatbelt. however she allows him to finish his directions she continues on the highway eventually stopping when she notices a man cr across the street he waits for traffic to, to pass before crossing the road she rolls down her window and greets he questions if she's lost. She admits that she is, asking for directions to the M8. He points He points and is about to grant her directions. She cuts him off, asking if he's walking, wanting to know... Um, Wanted to know where to. He chuckles that he's going home. Laura wonders if he's going home to his family. He shares that he's not, and he, and he is going home by himself, claiming that it's great. She questions this. <laughs> he simply answers that uh, he can do whatever he wants. She asks where he's coming from. He points down the road and that he's coming from the Govan. She wonders if if he works there. He he doesn't, admitting to work for to working for himself. She asks if he needs a ride. He quickly thinks about it before agreeing and hops in on the passenger side dude thought he was getting some fucking play tonight <laughs> he's like if he knew this was scarlett johansson he was like fucking stoked oh i'm sure this dude was so excited look how like eager beaver he is he's, he's, yeah he like thought about it he's like yeah, yeah all right that sounds good i'll go in the van absolutely right and this is that graininess that we were kind of discussing right right um but she's obviously really driving um this part here, uh, this is supposedly the portions where it's the cameras behind them. They now know that they're a part of a movie. So the continuation of driving and things like that, they're supposedly now know they're a part of the movie. Um, and there's an actual camera person in the van with them um, at this point. How fucking scary to like see another person like behind you in the movie. You're like, oh, shit, <laughs> you got like, punched. Fucking start punching them in the face. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah but it's a crazy concept to do filmmaking this way but it's it no fucking way that you get would, genuine reaction you will and it's no way that would like fly in like the u.s for sure yeah, like, well, yeah. <laughs> even though we have hidden camera shows i don't care how hot a girl is i'm not jumping in your car no out of like the blue and you're like oh you have a van that's kind of weird no. in itself like no thank get you get the fuck away from me yeah like i i don't i do not care dude I'd like, let me care. get your number. We'll hang out at the bar. Then we'll see where places go. We'll see. But nah. <laughs> but I'm not hopping in that van. <laughs> I'm not hopping in and that van. And then again, we live in a weird society where we do order lists and Ubers from complete strangers and we hop in their cars. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we did it with taxis, but I yeah, guess it's a little like, different because the taxi is, I guess, a private company. Right. There's background checks with stuff like that. Yeah. But well, there's still, background checks with Uber and Lyft, but yeah. like, still. How intense, we have no idea. Exactly. Unless we become an Uber or Lyft driver. But, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like they do more of a background check on what kind of car you drive versus you as a person. Because I tried doing Lyft, and mm. they uh, they denied me because my car was considered too small. Yeah. I had a Mazda 6 at the time. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah. 
But I mean, it was years ago, so. Anyway, Laura wonders how to get there. The man points the directions. Oh, I've said all that already. Uh, she excuses that she's transporting some furniture for her family. <clears throat> she wants to know more information about him living alone and what he loves loves about it. He likes the freedom of it all. They are silent for a moment, and she continues driving. Now Laura's alone. She makes it to a stoplight where he where she continues watching people, a group of them possibly drunk and fucking around on the street. Another man is giving her directions. As he's pointing, she points out a tattoo on his arm, asking him what it is. He answers that it is a tattoo of his name. She asks for his name. He reveals that it's Andy. There you go. That was the only person who has an actual name in this movie. <laughs> Andy. That's it. Andy. He starts to blush. She flirtatiously smiles at him before a woman calls for him as and his friends runs up to him. Without a word, she drives off. Dude was probably so mad. So confused, too. So to break down really her character right now and what she's doing, there's a couple people she's for and not for. Once you find out, like, oh, you know someone or you're going to meet someone, I'll let you go. You tell me, oh, you live alone. You don't live with your family. You love being by yourself. She'll take the bait and she'll actually grab that person. Yeah. Especially with this person, like, oh, you're with other people. There's a lot of um, stuff that's going on. And the beautiful thing about, like, all these characters and in, in her own world and how efficient they are, they're like, you're not my target. Boom, I'm gone. Yeah. And it's so quick and so efficiently for her where I'm like, you're not my target. I'm yeah. out. And yeah. I, feel like, I feel like this isn't really a thing – like an argument can be made like some people may argue like, oh, it's because of police, right? And not having police on your case. However, I feel like it's quite the opposite. I feel like she doesn't give a shit about police. I feel like for her, it's really more of an empathy thing. Um, do you think so? I do. I, I feel, feel like, like I feel like that's part the, of their, that's how good they are is why a lot of people who are disappearing are not going to be missed being well, disappeared. Right. And I think that's why. I think that's yeah. the empathy part, right? Where you're not going to be missed. Like, no one's going to physically miss you. No one's going to be physically But for creatures who are so efficient, I don't think they want anything to go on their radar of like, hey, people cannot find out that we're doing this. Sure. Yeah. You know, but then again, you might be right because it's the scene that I talked about earlier about the motorcycle. Like, the neighbor saw everything. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. He's gone. I'm like, right. oh, damn. Okay, yeah, that's like, cold too. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so like that, like that way. That's for, true too. For so me, I, like, yeah, yeah. I, like, I feel fair. like it's definitely a little bit more of an empathy thing. And I think this is... Like her human characteristics or her form of humanity, what she's like getting out of humanity, um, I feel like forms pretty early. <clears throat> but I think she realizes that like she's like starting to have more of these human connections and emotions right. that she, she's starting to think like maybe I can actually have a real connection, like a real right. human connection with someone. But who knows? Laura ends up uh, picking up another guy who's consistently making her laugh by admitting to wanting to check her out. She She's curious about him not having a girlfriend. He takes off his hat, claiming that he, he doesn't have a girlfriend. She compliments him, calling him charming. He brushes his, um, his hair with his hand. She calls out uh, that being better, calling him handsome. He thanks her. <clears throat> Couldn't understand a fucking lick of what these people were saying, dude. Definitely <laughs> needed the subtitles for this one. Like, the Scottish accent was fucking strong. Oh, my God. I don't know where they filmed this. I don't know if it was, like, Glasgow or something like that, but huh, yeah. um, it was Scottish as fuck, wherever it was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I know. It's like, you have a gorgeous face. Oh, thank you. Cheers. It, 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 dude, it yeah. was, it was like, even more intense than that. Like, the part where it says, I think you're gorgeous, he literally was like, I'm not going to go 
<laughs> I'm like, wait, what? It was so fast. <laughs> uh, she questions if he, if he thinks he, she's pretty. He believes that she's gorgeous. She finds that to be good. Hey, Commenting about uh, her smile being uh, being friendly. Uh, she returns the compliment back to him, and she continues driving. All right. They eventually make it back to her place. Hey. He follows Laura into the dark abyss of this apartment building or something uh, coming out on the other end or on the other side as she starts to shed off her clothes. He follows her lead as they continue walking further into the darkness. And they're like, or he's so wowed by her figure and physique that he doesn't even realize where the fuck he's at. Yeah. It's a point where he's already in like some type of like trance. Trance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's kind of cool. Yeah, right? it's like crazy. it's, it's That's a the amount of power that like her seduction can do is in her. I, I guess I build it as like, what would you say? Alien for sure. Her? Yeah, I think she's an alien. Yeah, because I mean the only because of the thing in the sky, the lights right. in the sky. That's the only thing that makes me quite like say that this person's from, from space. space. Right. Yeah, uh, but it's it's so fascinating about what they're capable of doing yeah. and what she's capable of doing. And really kind of like denouncing that later on, trying right. to become more human. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't think these dudes were just walking around with hard-ons. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I do think like... like Once the, you're under her spell some exactly. way, you're already done. That's you're what good. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking that like, this is it. You're 100%. Like, now, like, you're gone. Right. Kind of thing. And that's what I love about this movie and how it reveals things. The first victim, quote unquote... We see him get in the car and then nothing. We don't yeah. see him. He's just gone. He's just gone. We don't see what actually happens. This time we see this guy and then we see what happens to him and then we see someone else and then we see what happens after that happens. So we get more and more each time. Yeah. And I, I love that concept. That's great yeah. because I love the fact again, that, you, that they can still see her. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked. Yeah, there's nothing I can there's do. Like a and they don't even realization try. afterwards. from like, oh, where yeah. am I? Like, oh, I would just woke up out of my trance, and what am I seeing in front of me? Like later on, I'm like, it's dope. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Crazy concept. The ground reflecting both of them as they stand several feet away from each other. Finally, he's the first to become naked. She takes her blouse off and continues walking. The man tries to follow her, but he starts sinking in black liquid. Laura turns around, then walks back over to where he's submerged, grabbing um, her clothing and walking out of the blackened room. Fade to Laura back inside the van, driving around the lively city, passing all different kinds of chatter, um, chattering folks as she continues down the road. Sounds of ocean waves crashing. It's now day. Laura's standing on a beach uh, watching a family whose dog is swimming in the water. A man swimming in the water emerges out of the water and walks back to the shore, approaching her as he actually wants his towel that's right next to her. He comments that he thought that she, uh, she had an eye on his towel. She responds that she doesn't, and she wanted to speak to him, asking him a question about, um, about him knowing of any good surf spots. He corrects her that he's not a surfer and that he's uh, living inside of a tent just up the shore, allowing her, um, himself to hang around to swim and read. She realizes that he's not from there. Wanting to know where he's from, he shares that he's from the Czech Republic. 
she wonders why he's in Scotland. He he chuckles that he wanted to get away from it all. She continues berating him with questions, wanting to know why he chose there. He pauses before explaining that it's nowhere. They hear shouting from a distance. The swimming noticing uh, the swimmer noticing the commotion from the other side of the beach. The man's wife is swimming in the water with her clothes on, potentially trying to save her dog. Fucking hell! This scene. This scene is the most is, haunting out of all oh, the scenes in this movie. This scene's rough. This I, I love the camera placement because you see the dog in the water and you see it going far out of out of the shore. Oh yeah, and the current taking the dog. Yeah, like it's for sure. Like you know, like that dog's a goner. Yeah, and it sucks because then you have the conversation with um, him, and then you see that she's going out to save her dog, which probably any dog owner would. You know, not knowing the powerful. I don't fuck with the ocean. <laughs> I love swimming. I love going to the beach. I will sometimes swim in the ocean, and I know how powerful, like, just waves are in general, let alone, like, currents that will take you, like, too far. There's been moments where, like, I would, like, look back up, and I'm like, oh, I'm far away from the beach. And I know, like, I have to kick in my instincts to, like, I need to make myself go back before it's, too like, too late. And you have to really, like, tie yourself out because you're forcing yourself against the waves and the waves keep on hitting you, but still pulling you backwards. And then so it's, like, two feet forward, one foot back, two feet forward, one foot back because you're fighting against it. Fuck the and answer. I hate that feeling that's, like, it's taking me a while to get back. I should have never went underwater for that long. <laughs> Um, and this scene scares me like that too. Oh, the scene where the terrifying. dog's like, yeah, I was like, dogs. Terrifying. I'm sorry, the dog is it's like it's gotta go. Like, well, sadly. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, one of the main rules about a like a, like a beach rule is if you have a friend or someone who is being pulled by a current, do not get in the water and try to save them. You right. will both drown. Yeah. Like, and that's what we essentially see. Exactly. She's a goner at that point. Obviously, your husband's going to jump in. That's your wife. You got to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, what, kind of, what kind of husband would you be, though, if you didn't? You know what right. I, I You have to try. If I don't know, dude. If, if my daughter was on the beach with me and that young, I don't think I would have done it. I think I would have just tried to call for help. Right. Like for me. Yeah. I mean, the best bet was that swimmer for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And he's, but the he, swimmer, oh, see, we'll, we'll play it. We'll yeah, play it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We'll play it. The swimmer springs into action and runs over to there to assist the family. The husband jumps into the water um, to swim for his wife as a wave after wave crashes onto them, pushing them further and further away from each other. The swimmer jumps into the water, trying his best to assist and fight back the monstrous waves, making it to the husband, but his wife is pushed underneath the waves. Laura watches from the distance as the swimmer pulls the father back on shore, waves pummeling them as he tries to bring the father back. But the father runs back into the water, leaving the, sw the swimmer to catch his breath. Laura walks over to him, allowing the water to crash into her. The swimmer is lying on the ground. She looks around and waits for a moment before picking up a rock, bashing him in the back of the head before flipping him over. I don't know what the fuck that was for. But let's talk about the swimmer for a second um, and what's kind of going on. So we have this swimmer who runs in and tries to help. Yeah, but saves the husband. Saves the husband. Succeeds. Succeeds. And the husband's like, the husband's I want to try again. Far off, right? Like the yeah. husband's not that far off. Um, and he pretty much is um, able to catch him. However, right. 
he goes back in. He he does go back in. That's uh that's the that's the the worst that's the part, part that like frustrated me as a viewer. I'm like, what? No. Yeah. But you that deserve part was it rough. now. That part was rough. Yeah. But um the swimmer also couldn't have saved this man's wife, which is why he yeah, knew yeah. that. He was like, I can save him, but there's no fucking way I can save her. Right? Um, uh, but she stands on top of him, grabs one of those rocks, and fucking bashes him in the head with it. Kills yeah. him. And I I don't know if she did this because she didn't want him to drown. No, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want you to struggle or move while I'm dragging you. Because she is very petite, and she has a very hard time dragging him the entire way, too. True. And I think it was just the easiest way for, like, for efficiency's sake, I'm going to kill you now, so you're not going to be a problem later on. Yeah. But cut to Laura um, dragging the swimmer's limp body over the other side of the beach as a child. A child. Not just any child. This baby's not even probably a fucking toddler yet. Yeah, can barely walk. It's just barely. can stand. It just it stands wobbles. there. Screaming and crying for their father, who will definitely not be coming back now. You see nothing. And the mom's gone. Dog's Everyone's gone. gone. She ignores the child as she continues dragging his body across the rocks. If I were to you ever talk what? with Scarlett Johansson, I would want to ask her mainly about this scene. Like, how hard was this scene for you? Right. Like to have this to like ignore a, a, a screaming kid. Yeah. Asking for help. Does she have children? Uh, I don't know. Does Scarlet Jojo have children? Um, the thing about the scene too, I wonder how the, it was filmed because I was like, this is a dangerous thing to film in general. Yeah. Because it looks. She has two kids. It was probably real. That must have been really hard for her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely was filmed on location for sure because that baby was pretty far away and i'm pretty sure it's far away on purpose <laughs> right <laughs> um but yeah she has two children though and uh she's 38 why do i feel like she's been alive forever <laughs> like, you know, like i don't know why <laughs> maybe it's because of the amount of well she started she's young in. she started like in home alone like days. right so like well what home alone three three yeah i was like a little kid yeah I think it's just because she's also just been in a lot of movies. Right. She too. has a big filmography. She does. She's I, one of the highest paying female actresses, I think. Probably. That wouldn't surprise me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? She's but yeah, killing it. She definitely, like... She's a great actress. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she gets shit done. She gets shit done for sure. Um, I would say that she definitely has, obviously, some roles that are kind of like whatever. But, yeah. yeah. She's... She's dope. But she's earned them. <laughs> what? I was like, she's earned them. She's definitely earned them. Yeah. Definitely earned them. Um, the blockbusters. Absolutely go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> I remember when, um, I know she's like super political too. Is she? Yeah. Interesting. Like huge, like into politics. Um, huh. Yeah. Like, dude, there's like pictures of her like at, uh, like army bases and shit just there to speak like she's she's uh, super into it and i know she does a little bit of like um like philanthropy yeah philanthropy yeah. work um for like uh non-profits probably in the last well a bunch that. of non-profits but it's like mainly for cancer because i think her mom had cancer or something like that but i don't know either way 
She does a lot of great stuff for the community. Including leaving babies on beaches. Yeah. Including leaving babies on beaches. Yes. 100%. <laughs> um, and you're right. Yes. The world's highest paid actress in 2018 and 2019. She has been featured multiple times in the Forbes Celebrity 100 list. Good yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. Her Get films, all her films have grossed over $14.3 billion worldwide. All right. I would have felt like it would have been more than that because of Marvel, but whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fourteen billion's a lot. Oh yeah, forty billion is a like, lot. Of even money. if like her small films get like ten, fifteen million, like that adds up to. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Good. You go, Scarlett Ingrid Johansson. You go. If you ever listen to this, shouts out to you. Doubt you ever will. Back inside her van, Laura drives um, as the swimmer sits in the passenger seat um, unconscious. The motorcyclist cleans up the tent that the man was staying in. The waves continue their violent thrashing into the early set of night. The motorcyclist walks up to the beach where the baby continues sitting there crying for their father. He goes uh, to pick up the towel <laughs> that was left on the ground, leaving the baby alone. Oh my God, dude. Someone Aww. fucking save this child, man. This child and we is never in absolute find distress. out what happens to the child, but the child is missing. That's what it ends That's up saying. That's sad. Yeah. Like, Which I'm what ass- does that mean? I'm assuming the, the child was drifted. Definitely eventually like just drifted onto the into the water. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, uh. I think, but yeah. Ugh. While Laura is sitting inside the van, she hears a baby crying. She searches for the sound, locating it from uh, locating it coming from a baby a- across from her. Someone hunks their horn. A man speaking in a different language is trying to talk to her. His voice muffled as his friends speed away while she while he's still hanging outside of the window. She continues driving, coming across a man who's walking the streets alone. She watches him, following him and uh, and parking nearby, turning off her car and leaving out of the car to follow him on foot. She stops when she realizes that he's going going to meet meet up with someone. She turns around into a group of women who are all speaking a different language. They all. Force her to follow them inside of the club. Inside the club, the strobes are strobing, the root sandstorm is playing, people are dancing and conversing and shit. Yeah. Shit is crazy. Shit is crazy. You know, this is the part that took me the longest to get through because it made me go on like a fucking Europe techno like <laughs> like <laughs> well, I started I listening listen to, to fucking this. Robert Miles after this, and I started listening to uh guy, you remember Alice DJ? No. Oh, you definitely remember Alice DJ. Uh, it's the. Yeah. Uh, I went down a fucking rabbit hole, dude. Which like, is like I love to retain everything. <laughs> I, I did like this song until people started like overplaying it, overplaying yeah. it on purpose for me. Like, meme. Meme you should play it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, oh, what's the name of that song? Darude Sandstar. Yeah, it became like a meme. Yeah. And now Every I find the song extremely annoying. Oh. It's the that part, fuck, which is the whole song. <laughs> but my yeah. favorite part of the song is when it ends. <laughs> when it never starts. Uh, um, everyone's doing all of this shit while Laura is having a literal panic attack from how overwhelming all of this yeah. is. She rushes out through the back of the club, frantically seeking her escape, just to end up in another room that's drowned by red lights. She walks through the crowd, confused by it all. A man immediately throws back his drink and stops her, claiming that she, that he wanted to talk to her, 
um, earlier, but she just disappeared. She doesn't un- she doesn't answer him, staring at him with absolute confusion. He skips all of that and goes straight to wanting to buy her a drink. Showering her with compliments, pleading for her to stay for one drink with him, she finally speaks th- that she saw him on the road. He smiles about her seeing him w- walking earlier, thinking that she's missing uh, messing with him, asking her again if she would like to like a drink and dance. She wonders if he's alone there. He immediately answers that he is alone. Quick cut to the party animal and Laura on the dance floor. She's trying to keep up with the wild moves. He pulls her, um, her in close. It must have worked because now we're back at the dark abyss. <laughs> Continuing his um, his slow dance with his shirt off, he stops as he wa- um, watches Laura um, taking off her shirt and pants. He immediately starts taking off his pants. She walks backwards, not t- uh, taking her eyes off of him. All right. He follows her as he begins to sink, still looking at her and trying to make his way to her. He completely submerges into the abyss. Laura walks over him, the man able to see her walking above. As he floats in the vast shroud of darkness, he's helpless and naked, looking over to see another man floating across from him. The other man's body begins to deteriorate as he's um, been down there much longer. Party man struggles to keep his eyes open as he reaches out to the to the man who's been there for so long. The shriveled man tries to scream, but it's silent. He whooshes back, holding his hand out to, uh, for the party man. His body implodes, showcasing the fate that awaits the, the party man. His boneless and muscleless body sinks as carnage is being filtered through a red opening. Red lasers and lights peer through the screen. Jesus fucking Christ. This looks intense. It's crazy. It's it looks good. It looks great. Looks disturbing. It reminds me of Possessor. Okay, fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Reminds um, me of that sequence in Possessor. A lot of morphing of the body. You kind of see where the innards kind of go. Some weird like disposal area. Yeah. Uh so they're just collecting people's skin, essentially. Is it be- skin or is they collecting the stuff inside? I don't think they're collecting the stuff inside. I think that's a disposal. Really? Because I, w- I thought the name under the skin was like a two-way thing, like under her skin and under their skin. I thought they were collecting the stuff underneath their skin. That's how I took it, at least. That's how I interpreted it. Because they wear other people's skin, I'm, I'm going to interpret it the other way, I guess. Well, I don't think they want this I person's feel like- skin because like, it's all damaged. <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? Well, when you fill it out, it's not... <laughs> yeah. But, but like, that's the thing, like, it's slowly deteriorating from the inside, preserving the skin. The only thing that's oh. left is the skin. Really? Go back a little bit, because yeah. I, I I feel like his skin is, like, not great and, like, not a great shape. It's because a lot of stuff is already gone. Because I thought he was, like, just decaying um, a bit. Because, like, I don't know, that's how I interpreted it as them, like, taking things underneath the skin. Because, like, when we see them sucking all the stuff up, like, this dude's like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> But when we first see him. Yeah, when we first see him, he looks like he's, like, yeah, like, yeah. like so his all face of the is inside is, stuff, like, getting out of him. So out. it's starting to have loose skin everywhere. I see. Like, everything is loose. Yeah. You can see even it folds in on itself and stuff like that, too. Right. And then that's when it just implodes and takes everything out of the inside of him, leaving yeah. just the skin. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought the, the whatever stuff, it is so disturbing. <laughs> it's very disturbing because I thought the the stuff that it's sucking in is like underneath the skin, like the innards and all this whole other stuff. Like uh, I don't know. 
whatever. I mean, well, we're going to see it right now. Right. But now Daylore continues her hunt as she, uh, she sits in traffic. Um, yeah, let let that that part play where this part. Yeah, because like this yeah. stuff, it's like sucking that stuff in. And I thought this is the stuff it wants. All the stuff under the skin. Because like sucks it in. It's like, it's like it's like cleaning it and fucking probing it and fucking laser shooting at it and sucking it up and. I don't know. I just thought yeah, it was this stuff that it really yeah. wanted. I don't know. But anyway, now Daylore continues her hunt and, and sits in traffic. Someone knocks on her window. She rolls it down to someone holding a rose. The man shares uh, that a man from a car bought her a rose. She looks over at him at someone who's across from the Excuse me. She looks over at someone who's across from her, accepting the rose and rolling her window back up. When she places it on the seat, she notices that she's bleeding. Confused by it, looking down at her hand, not noticing that traffic has begun to move a little. She looks over at the man selling the rose, the roses. His hand is bandaged and he's trying to fix it. She looks at her hand, no longer worried about it. She sits listening to the radio about the man who drowned in the water and washed up on shore. His wife and child um, reported missing. That's why I think the child also just drifted in. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing to yeah. point out too about like that whole scene on the beach. She is fascinated that the swimmer went in there and kind of self-sacrificed himself yeah. to help other people. So he's seeing humanity do good things for other people. Right. And in this moment, she's realizing, oh, this guy's selling roses. Even though it's hurting him, he's still doing it to support, do, to support his family, him, himself, or even like giving good vibes to people who get roses and stuff like that. Right. She's starting to get a sense of humanity within humans. Yeah. And we're like, wow, you guys care for each other. You guys work hard, even though you're bleeding and stuff like that. You're still doing your job. Um, this is all of the baby steps that leads her to become more curious and kind of falls into wanting to be more than what she right. is. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about her official turning point mm-hmm. um, because her official turning point is very much the movie. Yeah, where it's sense literally of empathy and sympathy for yeah, literally yeah. under the skin. Like, there's more than just looks. It's, yeah, you know, it's what's underneath that matter. Which is funny because that was actually written in later, and it just fits so perfectly with the movie that Jonathan Glazer is just like, yeah, we need that. There's more than just a pretty face. Exactly. So, yeah. His wife and child are reported missing, uh, identifying the body of 36-year-old Kenneth McClellan, excuse me, McClellan, I think is how you pronounce his name, McClellan, um, from Edinburgh. His body was found by a tourist and his body was believed to be in the water for, uh, for some time. Uh, continuing that he was married and a professor at this university. The alarm being raised when he failed to show up uh, to work, his car being found nearby. It is to be believed that his 18-month-old baby and his w- and wife was with him. The search for the rest of the bodies have uh, been halted due to the fog. The reporter shares that the next report will happen in an hour. Another show uh, starts as Laura looks at all of the passing people. He... Her, her interest has changed from from men to women now, kind of. Um, not necessarily pickups, but it's just that's all she's watching now. Right. And I think she's watching it trying to understand, like, how can okay, she be how like them? can I be like them? Yeah. Um, quick cut to her driving with a man in the passenger seat, complimenting how gorgeous she is, showering her with compliments as she t- uh, takes him back to the abyss. She walks into the building first, the man nervous before allowing himself to step inside after her. Laura puts on lipsticks as the motorcyclist stands next to her. 
He moves behind her, holding his helmet in his hand. He scans her for three for from three different angles, back, side, front, moving closer to inspect her face, checking her lips and eyes. He doesn't say anything and walks into the darkness. The darkness is shed when Laura opens the door to leave. What do you think this was about, man? Because like this so, is interesting. It's funny. This movie also gives me a little bit of um, Blade Runner 2049 vibes. Sure. In a way, they do like tests for people who are synthetic and they're like, oh, we want to make sure you don't have any human emotions or whatever. So I saw this as one of those tests. That makes that, sense. It's like, I'm clearing you that your skin is still good, that you're like not falling apart, or whatever. And also that you are like still not human in a way. Like, are you still capable of working? And it could be one of those things where if uh, we take the prior scene into account, too, where she's constantly just looking around, looking at people and looking at their observations, especially women. Yeah. She probably hasn't delivered a quote unquote mark in maybe a reasonable time. We're like, let's check you out real quick. Yeah. Like, you're usually more efficient than this. Right. What have you been doing? So that could be that checkpoint as well. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense to me. She walks down the street, passing up the pedestrians. She trips and falls, catching herself, but staying on the ground. A man's muffled voice asks her, asks her if she's okay and if she needs a hand. Multiple people surround her and, and, and assist her up from the ground. Laura stares at them for a moment before regaining her bearings and walking again. Cut to a bunch of different people just um, doing mundane and normal things, walking, smoking, standing, working, all that type of stuff. This continues as everyone fades into another eventually fading into Laura driving again. She stops her van on a dark street, watching a lonely man across the street who's taken a message from our sponsors. And we're back. Instead, this man is heading across the street, going inside of a building, while another man is speaking to her from outside her window, but it's all inaudible and shit. A train then passes by, and it's all muffled as she stares at the man. He starts knocking on her window, and be- and she begins to lower it, but a group of them then run over to the van, pulling, banging, and throwing things on it. She's confused, watching them destroy her property before feeling the immense sense of danger. She drives off. This was interesting. Yeah. Like, she didn't understand what they were trying to do and seeing them do something with bad intents. Yeah. And then she's kind of like wondering, it's like, oh, I don't think you're supposed to be doing this. Right. And she's just like calmly like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, slowly. Okay, start my car. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, just like super, <laughs> yeah. just like nonchalant about it. Uh, continuing her quiet drive through the night, she parks the van, but leaves the engine running and lets her window down on the passenger side. A hooded man walks past. She calls out to him, asking if he's headed um, towards uh, Tainolt, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he comes up to the door, being careful to show his face, nodding his head and tell her that, that she is. She questions if it's far. He shares that it's about 10 minutes away. She wonders if he's headed there. He isn't, letting her know that he's going to the supermarket. She asks, uh, she asks if it's on the way. He nods his head, telling her yes. She offers him a ride. The man thinks for a moment before entering inside the car. She buckles her seatbelt and closes the door before doing the same. He decides to keep his hood on for a moment. She offers to turn on the heat, uh, to turn up the heat. Uh, for him inside the car he takes off his hood revealing his face with deformities she doesn't she doesn't acknowledge his appearance commenting about that being better and noticing that he's quiet he doesn't respond to that she questions why he shops at night he answers that people wind him up she wonders how he comments that they're ignorant she comments about his friends he's silent 
answering the, uh, that he doesn't have any friends. She wonders about him having a girlfriend. He co- uh, continues answering some of her some of her more uncomfortable questions with silence. Laura asks how how old he is. He's twenty six. She wants to know when the last time it was since he actually had a girlfriend, but he's never had one. She wonders about him ever getting lonely. Before complimenting his hands, calling them beautiful. He looks down at his hands before looking over at her. She spots a smile on her face. She sports a smile on her face before pulling over and doing her undoing her seatbelt or doing her seatbelt. She's putting it back in, asking him if he would like to look at her. He understands that they aren't going. They aren't at the market. She reveals that they aren't. Um, or I guess she was undoing her seatbelt. Never mind. Yeah. Um, she turns his way, telling him that she noticed she noticed him looking at her before, and she liked it. Knowing that he's uncomfortable, he claims that he isn't, and that he uh, he just wants to go to Tesco's, which is a supermarket. Mm. Uh, she questions about him if he ever thinks about being with a girl. He answers with silence. She continues the personal questions, wanting to know when the last time he touched someone. He shakes his head. She asks if um if she asks to see his hands, extending hers out. He places his hand into hers. She comments about them being cold. He claims that he's uh he needs to get back soon. She places his hand on her on her face, asking him how that was. He answers that uh, he answers with it being cold. She asks um if she asks him if he would like to do it again. He does. Moving his hand toward her face to touch it again, she offers him to touch her neck, taking his hand and allowing him to touch hers, asking him how that feels. He simply answers with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> she mentions his uh, hands are being, are being soft, wanting him to come uh, with her back to her place. He pinches, him, he pinches himself, slowly nodding his head. And I really like this aspect of like, is this, this real? Is real, yeah. Like, is this really happening to me right now? It was so fucking sad. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's funny because I feel like, honestly, this is her moment, too, because it's beautiful that she doesn't see him in a different way, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, I see you as another person. You're another Mark. I don't see you as someone who's different. And she even questions like, oh, why do people wind you up? Like, what's, what's She's wrong? trying to understand yeah. why he is, is different from everyone else. Right. Uh, because or why he thinks why, he's different from everyone yeah. else. And I guess there's a beauty in that type of aspect. And I think this is a moment where she decides, like, I want to feel a human touch. Because we don't see any of the other guys touch her, touch feel her. her or it's the always first at time. a distance length. It's always like right in front of you, but never like you can't touch this. Yeah. Cool. Um, and it's it's very interesting because you see her kind of enjoying it as well. Like she's smiling more. She's showing it's more genuine. emotion. Yeah, yeah. Right. It feels genuine. And she wants like, oh, do you want a little bit more? It's kind of a little bit like, which is like. It was yeah, like her as well. She was like, I want more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this is the part that I was mentioning that this is where her official shift is. Right. This is where the humanity kicks in too. And, and they even talk about like, oh, your hands are cold. It's like, you are cold. Like you're, you feel cold. Right. Yourself. As a exactly. Person. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, f- I find her also seeing like similarities between each other. Sure. Right. You know, like where. For or her, people that don't quote unquote fit in, or right, we're trying to fit into a society that, yeah, well, we may have, or may we not have, accept us. We have one person who is who has a job, 
Right, and her job is to take these men right. and have their skin implode. <laughs> um, and oh, we have another guy who is just trying to fucking live. Right. He's just trying to survive. He's just so trying I'm to be himself. going to the grocery himself. store at night. I'm gonna do, he has his routine right. of how he could survive in this world. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, obviously, this is, this is a real person. He was a part of a show um, that was called... Uh, I forgot what it was called. It was it was an interesting show, but I think it was a show called Changing Faces mm. or something. Um and pretty much it it's the show is about like these people who have disfigured dis, uh, uh facial features and um it's a charity mm. where like people are, you know, working to help them have reconstructive surgery. Um I think Adam Pearson does did not get it either like i think he did not get the surgery um and i i believe adam pearson still uh has his disfigurements um yeah he's he is a british actor he still does stuff he's and he does have a very flourished career as well it looks like he's uh in a new movie called a different man um which is uh a psychological thriller so he still does stuff, which is great. Um, actually, I heard about this movie. This one's also going to be A24. Huh. Yeah, Different Man. It's um, Aaron Sh- uh, oh, yeah. Schimberg, I think is how you pronounce his name. Different but, Man, I've heard that uh, before. It's with uh, Sebastian Stan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, uh, yeah, this one sounds interesting, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> back to the abyss. <laughs> anyway, back to the fucking abyss here. Um, they make it back to her place, which I'll now for, will be referring to as the abyss. The sounds of shedding is accompanied by a dark humanoid figure only able to be seen from the shine of, on its skin. The man, uh, the man calls out to it, to it being cold. She won't allow that to stop them. The figure walks toward them. He follows Laura uh, with his shirt off and hers off as well. He looks behind him, um, his back. She calls him to come to her. He continues walking toward her. The bra is then undone. He questions if he's dreaming. She claims that they both are. And that's where I'm just like, okay, this is where she also now feels it too. Right. Right. His breath becoming ragged. Their clothes are on the ground as the man continues walking and sinking into the abyss. Laura, fully unclothed for the first time at this point. Yeah. So that's a very interesting thing. As the um, plot progresses and we see more and more every time we go back into the abyss and now we actually see some other creature or alien is there um which is interesting every time she goes in there she reveals more and more of herself first it's just her top off then it's her top and her pants pants, off and this underwear and then now she's fully unclothed uh, unclothed, where i feel like she is shedding her own skin becoming more human every time she does this yeah and revealing herself for who she really is another thing i would like to point out it really peels her old skin off right right, at the very end which was only done through violence right right um but which brings a quote that sorry i popped up in my head a seed must first destroy itself before it becomes a flower and i was like damn that's deep deep indeed yeah deep indeed um but with one thing that i also want to point out as well is that this is also the first time that she's walking backwards yeah and actually watching him Inst- like before, she's walking away from them. But yeah. for this one, she's walking backwards. 
And I, what I like about this is if you played forward or backwards, she's approaching him. Exactly. Yeah. Like either way, they're they're both approaching each other at this point in time, and I fucking love that. I love that. Like, God damn it! Like this yeah. is this is why this movie is. It Such says nothing, but says everything. Right, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. It, like it's it, this it's, is an it's, experimental it's all, masterpiece. Like, yeah, yeah. goddamn it! Like it's really fucking. The good. symbolisms are really great to see, and the way they're shot, and the way the set design looks, and the way they created the abyss, and how it looks, and the reflection of her. And she often looks at her own reflection. We even see that later on as well, and she's yeah. kind of figuring out who she is. And there's in the abyss, you kind of see both worlds: her as a human, and her as like. The alien this creature that she is, because yeah. they always show that juxtaposition of her like shadow off the reflection, not shadow, but yeah, her full reflection of her body mm-hmm. being mirrored from her feet. Yeah, Laura fully cl- unclosed at this point as she continues walking backwards, watching him sink, leaving her and the black figure to stare at each other. She walks down the stairs, stopping at the bottom of the steps, intensely looking at herself in a mirror. The first time there she looked go. at herself in a mirror. The room is dark with a tiny speck of light. She moves closer to the mirror to see more of her face. Staring at herself for for many moments, her attention is drawn to a fly buzzing on the window. She stares at it, then cuts to Laura, leaving out of the abyss, allowing the man to also leave as he's still naked. (laughs) And then she runs to her van. You have no time to get your clothes. Go. (laughs) Right, yeah. But, like, she had this moment where she, she, like, finally saw herself. Yeah. And she had something to compare herself to. Yeah. She literally had self-reflection. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and her seeing the fly trapped, like I felt it's like that was her, her having empathy yeah. for both she herself. She feels trapped doing this job too. And, and for him. Out. Yeah. Exactly. Like she she just was like, we're both flies trapped. Yeah. Poor fucking guy. Uh, like, he goes outside he's like looking around like, he's like, like Dude, where do I go? Yeah, it's like, I guess home. Like, <laughs> you can drop me off, by the way. You still have your van. <laughs> you don't have to leave. Like, just drop me off where you found me. Like, shit. Fuck, dude. I still need to go to the grocery like, store. <laughs> anything could happen to me. I can get kidnapped, put in the trunk of a car. Like, that won't happen. But, like, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Ha, ha, ha. While the man <laughs> on the motorcycle, also known as the bad man, comes speeding down the road, so the good. man from the abyss continues walking naked on a field with the, di- with the distant sounds of a motorcycle. The bad man is speeding down the road while Laura seems panicked and worried. The man, bad man pulls up to, to the uh, other man's house, breaking his window to his car and popping on open his trunk. The man uh, comes sneaking in through his backyard, but the bad man goes up to him. Meanwhile, Laura's is my favorite scene. Oh, this, this whole entire sequence is wildly uh, fantastic. The way it's shot, where he just stops his car, it slides, it, drifts. Yeah. He just gets out on a fucking mission, dude. One continuous shot, following him in, punches break, the shit out of that window, opens the the trunk. Doesn't even look like it opens like. He knows it opens right away. He doesn't even have to look back. He knows it worked. Yeah. He just goes straight into the little crevice, the camera following him, tracking shot him. Right on fucking and time. And right at the time where, like, he's kind of squeezing in. He's like, all right, you're mine, little, little man. Let me grab you real quick. And he grabs him. How fucking unfortunate. Yeah. You know? And she realizes it, and she feels awful. Oh, yeah. Um, like, she didn't even grab her, her jacket, nothing. Right. She just, yeah. she completely changed, like, her whole look. 
damn near just by not having that jacket. And she has more characteristics of fear, anxiety, more human. She's emoting more instead of putting on these kind of fake emotions. This dude, he's got like no emotions. Like, I just got one job. He's like the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know? God, those the houses there are very box shape, huh? Yeah. You know? Like I see these TikToks about like how how like same and how uncharacteristic a lot of the housing is in America. And then I, I see other countries, I'm just like, so is it there? Like England like has like a, the blocks of just the same buildings. <laughs> like what the fuck are you tra- trying it's to true. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not trying to like stick up for America or anything here. I'm just like, I feel like every country has this. <laughs> no one lives in like fucking castles and shit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still, like, I feel like yeah. every house is gonna every, every suburbia. Is yeah, basically the same. it's gonna have like the same shit. They're trying to sell the same thing. Meanwhile, Laura is quickly driving. As uh, driving quickly down the road, not wearing her usual getup for the first time. The bad man stuffs this dude in his own trunk and drives away, not giving a fuck about the woman who's watching him from across the street in her bedroom window. Back with Laura, who pulls up to the densely fogged road, getting out of her van and disappearing into the fog. She's standing there, staring out down, down the road and looking around the area, able to make out some of the road and grassland that surrounds her. She hears a man singing in the distance, but she's not able to find where the tune is coming from even though it uh it is getting closer to her a bird squawks and flies above her laura walks out of the tule fog and continues down the road um tule fog is fucking scary have you ever been to that no thank you oh my god uh, i've it's funny because i live in um where like skyline colleges so yeah there's times usually, where the fog yeah it usually kicks happens in, you up can't there see anything yeah it's terrifying especially when driving oh yeah it's the scariest thing. It's like, I don't know if I'm in the lane still. I don't know if there's a car coming. Nope. But I'm going straight. God and forbid I see you have your high beams two, on. And then, and then, like, yeah, sometimes you have to put, like, your high beams, like, a little quick, like, boom, boom. It's like, all right, I see a little bit of road. Boom, boom. Yeah. A little bit of road. Like, I don't want to shine it on anybody because that's yeah. dangerous, too. But, yeah. yeah. And and even then, like, the, the clouds sometimes reflect back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so where you'll be blinded by your own high beam. It's Tule Fog is genuinely terrifying. It, it happened a lot in Fresno. And there's mm. seasons of when it would happen in Fresno. And uh, I remember yeah, when I would have to go. winter season for yeah. up there. And when it would usually be around November and March. Yeah. And you know, like some kids like had snow days when there was snowing. Obviously, we never fog had days. that. <laughs> we we had fog days in, yeah. in Fresno. We had Thule fog days where it would oh, be dangerous so sure. much like fog that they would have to cancel like a portion of school. Not right. all day. It would never be like the whole day. Away. It would be, be like, we have to let this pass in order to have these children safely come to school and not get hit by a fucking car while trying to cross the street or something. So, yeah. yeah. It was scary. It fucking scary. Sometimes it would last for hours, too. It'd just be horrible. Usually by the morning time in Daly City, it would break off. Right. But, yeah. Um Meanwhile, the bad man is, in, is at the abyss looking at himself in the mirror. Cut to a group of uh, people eating inside of a restaurant. Laura is sitting at a table alone. A waitress comes up to her with a slice of cake. That cake looked good as fuck, boy. Uh, the way they like slow-mo, like her picking it up with a fork and it looked kind of moist and good. I was and like, damn, my boy, I'll take it. Shit. Um, I like how the waitress sits it on the table without a word, though. 
Yeah. Didn't say anything. Uh, Laura cuts into the into the slice with the fork, carefully lifting it up and uh, toward her mouth. She puts it in her mouth, trying her best not to chew it before she gags and spits it out, causing some of the patrons to stare at her in absolute disgust and confusion. Laura is walking down the road past a man who's waiting at, uh, for the bus. He calls out to her, letting her know that the bus will be there soon. She stops, turning his way and looking out in the field before walking into the bus stop. She stares out and unawkwardly sits down as the man continues watching her from his post. They are on the bus. The bus driver questions if um, her not having a jacket, continuing that uh, the weather is really bad up here, and she doesn't she doesn't have the right clothes on. <laughs> uh, what you she- doing, girl? <laughs> She ignores him, continuing to look look down uh, with worry sported on her expression. The man from the bus stop sits behind her, asking her if she's all right. She doesn't answer him. Um, he asks again. She continues not answering him. He wonders if he can do something for her. The bus driver tells him to leave her alone and that she doesn't want anything to do with him. He leans back in his chair before asking Laura if she needs any help. She finally looks back at the man, answering that she does. Cuts to them walking together in his neighborhood. She's wearing his jacket as they go toward a store. Mm-hmm. He grabs a basket and starts grabbing some groceries as she follows him. But she mainly she's mainly looking around at the store. They leave out, walking in the rain with his bag of groceries, following the bus stop man uh, to his home, who's actually known as the Quiet Man. Um, but oh, this guy. this guy, yeah. yeah. She's confused as she continues following him, some people watching through their windows. Inside his home, he offers her to take off her coat. She does so. He puts it on the the railing. They are are watching a comedy performance on TV while eating beans on toast. She's confused and and intrigued by uh, what she's watching, not touching the food as the man continues gobbling his up. You know? And she never eats. She never eats. Yeah. Because he makes spaghetti later and she doesn't eat that either. Um, but I want to try beans on toast. Want to try it? Yeah, I've had. Yeah, how is it? Frijoles, you know. Well, that's different. different. Yeah, <laughs> that I've had, but I like. I want to try this. Just yeah, a nice butter toast with some beans on it. I want to see what 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 the hype is. You know, it's pretty good. That sounds like you call it me. sounds fine, yeah. right? Like I've had cornbread inside of chili. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. You know, some combos just work. I've had tortas. Yeah. Usually have um, frijoles on there, right? Yeah. So, you know. It's kind of funny. When I go visit my mom. A little different frijoles, crema, and, you know. But. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I visit my mom, uh, because I don't cook my own frijoles because I don't want to, <laughs> she Can't somehow adds some type of ingredients that she'll never tell me. It's lard, it's, my guy. Nah, it's not lard. It's like, <laughs> she definitely puts onions in it. Okay. And some other, there's something, I don't know, maybe, who knows. I mean, lard is put in, in refried beans. Yeah. That's what makes them really and fucking good and I really terrible toast. for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it these days? Uh, no, <laughs> probably a lot of things, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we choose not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What tastes good? What tastes good for you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. Inside the kitchen, the man finds a radio station to play music as he cleans the dishes. He slightly moves to the music as he cleans the, d- the dishes. Uh, Laura is sitting at the table, uh, so- starting to sort of feel the music. She's starting yeah, she to tap taps. her fingers yeah, a little she's bit. She's trying. Um, I like it. He looks back at her as she's staring back at him in confusion. Later that evening, he fixes up. Uh, he fixes her up a cuppa. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. You know, they call it a cuppa over, over, there, over there across the pond there. 
carefully placing it on her nightstand as she stands on the, in the corner. He grabs a heater, plugging it into the wall, telling her good night and leaving out of the room. That's a guy. I don't give a fuck how cold it is. I cannot sleep with a heater on like that, like close to me. <laughs> yeah, but like cold of winter in Scotland, dude. I can't do it's it with snowing that. outside. Is it it's snow? raining and damp. I was, say, I was like, I don't think it's snowing it's here. It's raining but. and damp, I mean. But there's snow around. I think it's, I think it's supposed but to be it's like, like winter fall. time for sure. I think it's supposed to be fallish. But yeah. I don't know. There's heavy snow later. And this is like later. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. It is uh, heavier snow that pops yeah. up. But um, yeah, no, dude. I can't. I can't do it. That's I can't. Fair. I cannot do it. I, it's just I I will get way too fucking hot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, as you shouldn't. Those heaters are dangerous as shit. Yeah. But I would get way too hot. And it was just, it would be me fighting all night. <laughs> That's right. Uh, she continues standing there as uh, a space heater kicks on. She looks at herself naked in the mirror, allowing her body to heat up from the orange glow. She is, she's intrigued with her body, rubbing her hands, moving her legs, checking her sides of her body. Meanwhile, the bad man is, and is with his biker crew. They all rev up and head <laughs> and move up He's on the like, street. He's all like, gang, gang, let's go. He's <laughs> a so, all of them go in different directions as they fly down the road. Now morning, Laura is walking with a quiet um, yet helpful man. A carriage passes them by. They stop by a puddle. He picks her up and carries her over the puddle. She's like swoon too. She's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, put me down. But like, do you keep doing this? Like, <laughs> like this is kind of hot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she's confused, but, but pleased with the gesture. He puts her down and they continue walking. The bad man continues searching for her. Laura and the quiet man are set... Um, are at a set of ruins where wind is violently blasting through the corridors. He checks with Laura, who's huddled on the edge, letting her know that if she if she, they can leave if she feels frightened. He walks past her, telling her to follow him so they can walk down the steps in the ruins. She carefully steps down the stairs. He lets her know that it is okay as she holds his hand and holds on to the rope. This is great because this is our first time where she's truly actually following someone else instead of someone right. following her. And having fear of the unknown of what I'm following towards. Right. Yeah. Into the unknown, though. Shouts it out. Uh, Frozen 2. Let's go. They make <laughs> it to the uh, to the bottom. He gently pr- uh, praises her for making it down the steps. The motorcyclist continues his speedy chase for Laura. Cuts to Laura sitting down, closing her eyes, which seems like the first time she's ever d- done so. The, the quiet man is next to her. He inches close to her face to kiss her. They begin to kiss. Hesitant to touch um, each other's face, but eventually they allow one another to do so. They continue their passionate night um, by trying to have sex. She blocks her vagina with her hand, pushing him off because something seems wrong. She sits up, looking out, of the, looking out at the wall uh, before immediately moving toward the lamp, grabbing it and checking down below. He calls out to her asking if she's alright. She chucks the light on the ground, getting up to stare at the wall. <laughs> she's pissed that she can't try it. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. She's just super upset that, like, she's like, well, fuck, dude. And that makes her feel not, yeah, probably a little embarrassed that she can't be, like, one of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes her probably feel defeated. Yeah. Right, where she's just like... she can. Like she could try all these things, try this cake, makes her throw up, whatever, try these intimate moments, but she can't do that as well. So she's seen these roadblocks ahead of her where it's like, although I, I'm trying to be like you, I will never be like you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In the morning, Laura is walking out of the field toward the forest. She starts to jog into the land of sticks. Uh, car- is it in the land of sticks? The land of sticks. 
Just uh, <laughs> walking out to the land of sticks. That's it. Look at it. I see. It. Look it's at the fucking land of sticks. No, it's a land of sticks and puddles. Look at There's this so fucking many land puddles. of sticks. Look at all the sticks, look all at, the ground, all the branches. Those There's are miniature sticks. abysses right there. Dude, that, nothing's here. <laughs> this is, this is ah, like, this is like fucking uh, the, the forest in the ritual. Like, <laughs> oh, good times. Good times indeed. <laughs> good times indeed. Just a bunch of friends. No cell phone in sight. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> um, yeah. The land of sticks indeed. But I like how like she just left this guy. Yeah. Because she know? can. She She's was just like, like, well, guess this was nothing. This was useless. Let me nature real quick then. Yeah, this was <laughs> just useless. Carefully moving past him and stepping over slick moss, branches are snapping in front of her when she notices a man who's walking toward her. He questions her being in the woods. She questions him. He repeats it, letting her know um, to be careful and that it's a bit slippery this time of year, suggesting that it's better during the summer and that uh, there's plenty of trails there, asking if she's been there before. She shakes her head. He tells her that she might get she might get lost then, but the trails are clearly marked and are about two thousand acres wide, having many options on where you can go. He wonders if she's if she's on her own. She tells him that she is. Mm. Uh, he claims that it is a nice place to be if you would like some solitude. And with that, they are parting ways, or so she thought. She continues looking back at him as they go their separate ways, almost as if she's confused with the interaction, but. What what she's really feeling is, why am I afraid of him? Right, right. Like that's the main thing that she's feeling in that moment. Because I feel the like first she's time like, she's always been the predator, and now she feels like the prey. Exactly, and like she feels uncomfortable with the situation. And this is her first official time of being confused as like, why do oh, I feel uncomfortable? Why do I feel a sense of danger? I've never right. felt danger before. Exactly. I am the danger. Yeah. I'm the one who knocks. So in yeah. right now she's literally feeling every aspect of human emotions that a human may feel their entire life. And right. she's feeling it in a span of two days or something like that. So she's able to get every single human emotion in just a very short span of time when humans are feeling this for years. She literally sees everything. Loss and grief. Uh, everything. Intimacy. Yeah, danger. Like, everything. Yeah, yeah. Disappointment. She goes through a lot. Yeah, she goes through everything. Uh, the Batman is still on a dangerous trek to find uh, to find her as he continues driving really fucking fast. Really fast. Like, this is very dangerous, even for him, I feel like. Very dangerous. Laura makes it to, uh, to the facility that says Hillwalkers on the door. She opens it, looking inside for a moment before closing the door. Rain drops uh, patter on the roof above as she walks into the room with the desk and stage. She looks around before sitting down, zipping up her jacket and sliding back to the, to the back of the stage. She lies down to sleep. The trees dance as the wind blows through them, fade back to Laura. Um, and she's like fading into it at this point. It's super yeah. beautiful, super metaphorical. I feel like that's that her shit. way of connecting with nature and the earth and being a part of something that's bigger than her. Yeah. And then and that gets ruined. And she is woken up by this fucker that saw her in the woods, who is the logger. As we come to find out, the man touching her leg and then her vagina, she immediately sprints out of there, running away from the man, looking back to make sure that he isn't following her. For safe measure, she continues running until she makes it to a place to hide. She checks to make sure that she isn't being followed. She doesn't she doesn't see anything, but she gets up and starts walking before heading up 
before hearing a branch snap. She runs again, making it to a truck that uh, has tree logs hoisted on the back of it. She hops inside the truck, moving to the driver's side, trying to find a way to get moving. She sees the man who owns the truck, the same person who sexually assaulted her just minutes prior, walking toward toward her. She hunks the horn. He keeps walking toward her. She gets back out and starts running again. He chases after her, trying to make it to her as she runs and whimpers. He catches up to her, grabbing and throwing her to the crown, forcing himself on top of her and starts unzipping her jacket. She gets to a point where she stops fighting him as she looks up at the sky. And this is like her looking up at the sky, like help looking for her ship. Right. Yeah. Like where, where, where are my people? Right. Like where, where is my help? Where is my ability to be saved? Um, he starts ripping her clothes off, which snaps her back into a fight mode, forcing, uh, forcing him, pushing him off as he, uh, off of her as he tries to wrestle her back to him. She is able to release herself away from him. He stops to look at his hands that have black sludge on it. When he looks back at Laura, he notices that her skin is shedding, which causes him to run away. She stumbles over to a tree, holding her skin together before sitting down, releasing her, her uh, suit off of her head. She sheds the skin off, revealing her true form to be a black and alien creature. She turns her, su- um, she turns her suit around to look at herself, which her skin suit is still blinking as it stares back at her. The logger comes back to her and pours gasoline over her. She gets up and tries to stumble away for, uh, from him. He sets her on fire and runs away. She runs into the snow, eventually falling into the powder. Cut to the motorcyclist staring out on the snowy cliff, looking around his surroundings. Meanwhile, the alien's body continues to burn, sending black smoke into the sky, mixing ash with snow. As it falls from the sky, then credits. Man. I personally hate this fucking ending, but um, mainly because of the guy. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck, dude. Now this fucking prick could just go ahead and do this to someone else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It fucking sucks. It's It's a bitter ending for sure. Yeah. Definitely a sad ending. Yeah, it sucks. Um, but she felt it's everything like that you humans saw the felt. best of humanity and the worst of humanity. That's pretty much how it ends. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and you know, she got to experience the thing that all humans inevitably are going to experience, which is death. You know, so it's a uh, it's fascinating for yeah. her to kind of go through this whole emotion and things like that. But shout out to this movie, man! It's crazy. It's fun. This is a wild one. It's uh it's one of a kind. There's not a lot of movies like this. Like I said, if anyone were to ask me for an experimental film, this is one that would come to mind. Um, really incredible performances, really great. Um, I don't know, just a combination of scenes that really tell such a impactful story. Yeah. Without saying too much. Right. But saying everything. So yeah. Again, that's something I would always appreciate in someone who understands storytelling and how to tell a story in which a lot of people, like I said, would get lost the first time they're watching it because there's so much jarring scenes that don't make sense, but then they will make sense if you actually really pay attention to it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a sad movie for the most part. It's very cold and its own like emotional like roller coaster of stuff that happens, but it's also probably one of the most human movies you can actually see as well. Yeah. So. Definitely. I agree. Yeah. But anyway, I got some movie facts. Yep. Movie facts. 
Adam Pearson, who plays the disfigured man who was lured into the vehicle, broke his leg when he was struck by Damn. a cab on his way to audition for this role. <laughs> what the fuck? Director Jonathan Glazer auditioned him the next day at the hospital and gave him the job. All right. That's pretty cool. When they say break a leg, he, he <laughs> meant it. Damn. Stop right there. <laughs> the paparazzi still of Scarlett Johansson in character falling falling down became a, a widely popular internet meme in which users would Photoshop Johansson in, into various situations. As the scene was shot with hidden cameras, it was not until the movie's release that it was revealed that the fall was intentional. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that was a meme. No, oh, because people caught that like in public of her yeah. falling. It was like, no, I meant to do that. Relax. Kamate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, look at this. Okay, I had to search it up. It does look pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um there is a gif of her falling down on the ground, which is great. Um you know, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny to look at it, but it's like how do I fall without hurting myself and actually falling? Right. So it looks it's, it looks weird. it looks yeah. very phony. Um but the film took nearly 10 years to be made, and one wow. of the earlier drafts of the scripts uh, included a Scottish married couple who were revealed to be aliens in disguise. Brad Pitt was, at the time, cast as one half of the couple. Wow. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson talked about her deciding to go nude for the film during the press conference. Quote, I think it, in some ways you have to look at the nudity and sort of assume that it's going to be a screenshot for someone. And you kind of have to weigh the value of the risk that you're taking. You know, is uh, this gratitude is or excuse me, is this gratuitous? Is this vanity project? Is this an important part of the character's journey to self-discovery? What's the gain? End quote. She ultimately decided it was right for the character and worth the risk. She then added, quote, I'm not a provocative person. It's not like I live to be photographed in the buff or anything like that. End quote. And not being provocative led to some appre um, apprehensions when being asked to strip totally naked. Quote, it really made me aware of when I was doing it, all the kinds of judgments and all of these things uh, we place on ourselves. How self-conscious you can, you can be about the way you look, your own vanity. It was ch very, really challenging, but it was interesting, like, um, I really am self-conscious about this, or I'm holding on this idea I should, look, I should look like that. We all have it. I guess as a woman, we have it more. I don't know. End quote. Interesting. <clears throat> I, could, I could see her feeling this way because, I mean, yeah. Scarlett Johansson very much was painted as a sex symbol for a lot of men. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. I'm sure a lot of men very much like Scarlett Johansson <laughs> um, and find her pretty attractive. Um, so, like, I could I could see her feeling that way. Right. Of not wanting to probably showcase herself that way because she's like, because I'm a not. Lot of people, yeah. Right. I'm not really that type of woman or whatever she may uh, consider herself to be. But I like the fact that we kind of have this thing. Of, I mean, it's. Being naked is very taboo for a lot of people in general. Sure. Right? Um, some people are comfortable. Some people are not comfortable. It depends on their comfortability. Exactly. Course. And, you know, for her, having this sense of uncomfortability for it um, kind of makes her character that much more interesting yeah. in this film. Because now knowing that, like, okay, this sense of uncomfortability is displayed right. even more. 
and showing the more and more she goes through this journey, she becomes more vulnerable and being more revealed of who she really wants to be, making herself more revealing. Right. It. Exactly. Um, let's do one more here. We'll go ahead and conclude with that. Uh, actually, let's let's see. Let's get a juicy one. Let's get a spoiler one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Mm, no, nah, I don't really like that. The the spoilers are are lame because it's just like body count <laughs> six. <laughs> Damn. Uh, let's get let's get one of these. Then here we go. Eva Green, Gemma Ard- um, Arterton, January mm. Jones, and Abby Cornish and Olivia Olivia Wilde were all considered to play the female. That's it was crazy. Scarlett Johansson who stayed on board for the project for four years before it reached wow. completion. She really liked the script. Damn. I think she really just liked the idea. Yeah. You know, the first proper line in the, uh, in the first proper line of dialogue happens 13 minutes into the film. That's awesome. Damn. It's pretty cool, man. Anyway, what a movie, what a fucking movie. What a flick. This, this movie is wild. It's a, it's very interesting. Hold on, let's do one more, actually. Okay. Because this one sounds interesting. The nightclub that Scarlett Johansson gets pulled into is Club Earth in Livingston, Ooh. West Lothonia. Uh, or, no, West Lothonian. Uh, although the exterior shots and many of the interior shots are of an actual club, her escape route and scene in the toilet corridor seem to have been filmed somewhere else. Yeah, I can see that. I can't do it. looks like more of a kitchen area than like a restaurant. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Well, this flick is fun as shit, and I'm very happy that our patrons picked this one. <clears throat> it's funny because before I was kind of dreading it because I remember my first experience watching this movie, and I was yeah. like, oh, I really don't know if I want to watch this again. Um, but I'm glad that I did. Like I'm saying, second time watch is the way to go. Yeah, dude. Like the second time so watch, watch was, this was, was, movie was if you haven't, and watch it again immediately after. Yeah, watch it twice. <laughs> like uh, in. in I feel like you definitely would get a, a, a different experience when you watch it that yeah. second time for sure, which I enjoyed. But the next film that we're going to be covering is going to be a part of our new month, hey. which is going to be International Screams and Possessions. Yes. I am so fucking excited for this I love month, international dude. films. The first movie we got on this list is none other than a motherfucking classic, 1992's Ghost Watch. Mm-hmm. First time for Freddy. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. Um, this was a, a film that was banned for years. Yeah, banned that shit. And people uh, thought it was real. People thought it was real. That's awesome. People thought this shit was real, and and I think it does a pretty damn good job at Holding showcasing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this was Nightlight, our movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Night, alongside me. We had Freddy. Always keeping it spooky. Always and forever. Also known as Nighty Night. With your help, we can reach more foolish nights with your recommendation to someone who would actually enjoy the show. If your podcast app allows you to rate our show, please consider us giving us a five-star rating as it honestly does help us out a ton. Uh, <clears throat> for extra horror-related content, head over to patreon.com slash nightlightpod. That's night with a what? K. And remember, everybody, don't forget, 